Hey, you're listening to Charge Tech Podcast, episode 88, the podcast that looks at tech under the hood. I'm your host, Owen Williams, and joining me today is your co-host, Zach Rosser. What should we talk about today, Zach? Um, I have an idea for a new little section for us Ooh. to try while Freddie's not here. Oh my god. Is um, we just bring a piece of news to the table that the other person probably hasn't heard yet, and just Ooh. get got reaction. Okay. It's sort of like a micro hot take section. Oh no! Now I'm scared. So I've got I've got one prepared. This all transpired because I was okay. looking through Google News right before oh, recording to see if there's anything to talk about. And it's like it's not real news, but oh, no. I think it's funny. <laughs> scared already. All right, are you ready? I'm just gonna read you the headline. Oh no! Now I want a parody news. Okay, okay continue. Are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Vitamin water. Are you familiar with vitamin water? <laughs> yes. Okay, vitamin Scan water. water. Is offering one hundred thousand dollars if you can stay off smartphones for a year. <laughs> <laughs> that is horrible. They will give you a quote unquote. This is a CNBC article, so maybe some uh, other articles have. How will they prove it? Different. Well, that's what I was going to get to. They uh, offer you what they call a nineteen ninety six era cell phone. Oh my god! You're allowed to use laptops still, and devices like Google Home and Amazon Echo are okay. Um, before you can claim the prize, you must submit to a lie detector test. No, <laughs> oh, come on. Those, you can just like They're spend the real. whole year practicing. They're, They're okay. literally not real. I've got one for you. Okay. It's actually kind of upsetting though. It's not. Okay. Wait, hold on. Would you do the $100,000 to not use a smartphone? Yeah. It sounds like, <laughs> it sounds like being paid to do something great. <laughs> like, okay. Uh, Facebook oh. is launching oh, no. a cryptocurrency. Oh, God, that sucks. They have a team of 50 people working on blockchain and messenger. <laughs> uh, okay, this stresses me out. This stresses me out so much. Would you Would you like to destabilize the world economy through an app? Because <laughs> we can do it. Didn't they already destabilize a lot of the yeah, world economy? What if, what if it was currency? Oh, man, this sucks. It makes me think of the um, the people that were like mining Bitcoin in your browser when you, oh, without man. your permission. And they were like, what? what's wrong with that? Nothing. We're just using the CPU. It's available. We're just we're just making money off of you. Oh my god! It's. I'm sorry. That was a such downer. But it's also just like I find it actually hysterical that they uh, on their worst privacy year, all of the like this every is crazy. every time every time I'm like, oh, will they? <laughs> oh my god! Actually, rewind. I've got a better one. I've okay. got a better one. In New York, Facebook has a pop up store. And Brian, I Park, saw this. You can do a privacy audit. <laughs> I saw this. This is. I saw they did one somewhere else as well. This is their second one. They say that they'll let you delete your account there, but nobody, like nobody's trained in how. So uh, is... I want everybody to go there and ask them if they can delete their account. It would be beautiful. And the amazing thing is, there's all these posters like "delete unused apps." They may be spying on you. And I was like, "So you mean Facebook?" <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's dude. pretty crazy because they're spying on you through the Facebook um, login API. Yeah, exactly. That also, is... just like also. I feel like putting the store there is reminding people like every time they do this shit, I'm like, well, just do nothing. Like if you just like resist this, like you don't need this because the, like the physical manifestation of that store being there is like, Oh yeah. Privacy Facebook. <laughs> and then they're like, Oh, by the way, buy a portal. It's a webcam for your kitchen. I heard uh, somebody say uh, they were watching like TV, like cable TV in the United States. I've heard and of it. all the commercials are like, facebook and uber and like tr you could trust us and oh god it's so interesting some dystopian tech shit yeah. right there 
Um, I just uh, I I didn't write this quote, and I'm sure you've heard this one before. But the um, the greatest minds of my generation are working on selling ads. Yeah, you and know, getting it's, people to like click on. Buttons. Yeah, it's crazy. Oh, it's like so the sad. yeah, I'm, I had this I'm realization the, that the industry the yeah. like growth hacking is literally tricking hundreds of humans into clicking a button. <laughs> oh man, it's awful, and well, it's it's also just like the laziest approximation of it. I find that even funnier. Is like it's probably more efficient to call a hundred people and say, "Hey, would you click that button for me?" than it is to like try and trick them through the internet. Okay, so we talked about this a little bit before before recording, but uh, Anil Dash's podcast function it's good. It's really good, and uh, there's one on um, podcasts, mm. which is a little meta podcast, podcast, mm. but podcasting, um, podcasting. It's really good because they talk a little bit about the advertising model. Oh yeah, in podcasts, and uh, the first person he interviews like runs one of the like podcasting companies that helps you put ads on your podcast. Oh yeah, that, is so, it Stitcher? Uh, That's one I of them. They think inject so. it, right? Yeah, yeah. But so I was like, it felt a little like advertising to me. But the second half of the episode, okay. he interviewed these two people that have a podcast. Oh for their sole income that's their main job is their podcast holy shit and so they talk about like they have to make it work right oh my god it's like getting no feedback for your job like you would just because you toss a podcast into the abyss (laughs) and then you're like cool yeah well so it's interesting because um i okay well maybe it's important to bring up the news of like npr is trying Mm. to change how you get data about your podcast yeah and it's like kind of cool because podcasts have been dead for a long time in terms of like the format like it's i just okay so like to me it's the closest thing to like a a terrestrial radio show yeah that you can get they don't have feedback either you don't know how many people have their car that's true they have radio to surveys and tuned shit. to yeah exactly and i kind of like that because yeah the industry like two of the four biggest companies are ad companies right right like facebook and google are just they're yeah. advertising yeah. platforms and like primarily mm-hmm. and it sucks it's ruined the whole everybody everything sucks yeah it's yeah. all about getting you to click on things right, like, right that's right. awful yeah and like there's something kind of nice about advertising and podcasting where it's so broken and bad well but it's adorable one of the things that <laughs> Anil talked about um, was how it has like such a high success rate because mm. it's sort of like the the best marketing is like word of mouth, friend of yes. friend marketing, and it's also that to succeed you have to like basically saturate every like you hear it everywhere. Right. Like it's there's it's very little competition for ads. I think so that's why like Casper ads were everywhere. Like they just buy up all the inventory. But it's the it's the most uh, like I can't remember how it was phrased, but like cost per ad oh interesting of any platform but it's also the highest like return well yeah because somebody's doing an intentional action yeah, yeah. well and it's it's a specific community right like yeah so i looked into this a little bit um and I, essentially what it seemed to me to be was um a mechanism for them to understand how far people listen so right now on podcast the only you can tell if somebody downloaded it. You can't even tell if they played it. Like, oh, really? That data yeah, that's what shared. that data is. And so wow. um, the NPR proposal is two things. Let us know if... It's like a beacon format that is privacy-focused, so it doesn't, like, identify anybody, and it just, like, tells them that the file was opened and played, and then it also tells them how far you made it through. That's it. And that's a huge amount of data compared to today where we don't know if you completed it, and, like... Please just give allow me a little bit of indulgence here. Let me tell you what we know about this podcast. Yeah, no, will... let's do that. So we use Simplecast uh, on the back end of our podcast, which is just like a podcast provider. So you like upload the thing there, and they deal with distribution and 
hosting whatever other shit that is necessary dealing with apple i guess and like there's all that stuff that you have to do uh, it's so a, have i just set up another podcast it's so much work it is insane well it's also so much work because it's like janky like you're like i will yeah. go apply at apple i will apply at this like there's no um spotify for podcasts still right like pocket, the- ca- pocket casts actually in theory should host a backend for that stuff yeah, you can do. You can share um, links. And stuff. Okay, here's an example of what we can see in the back end. Okay, so you're about to get some insights into our GC non-data. Um, okay, so we can see that we had downloads. Uh, like uh, we had 2,000 downloads this week, which is very cool. There's like this nice graph that actually is going up. Uh, nice. Uh, about total downloads. And then there's downloads per episode, and it's just like... It's actually, I love this graph. I'll put it in the screenshot because it's so pointless. It's like everybody downloads it on the day you ship it because that's how RSS readers work. <laughs> yeah, everyone has uh, auto download app. turned yeah. on. And then we get latest 10 episodes, how they did. Um, oh, where everybody was. So US, UK, Netherlands is our top three. That's it. And then um, what app they use. That is oh, all I love know. this because uh, for charges have been around long enough that you've got like hundreds of apps listed in yeah, the, yeah. like Every what app. podcast like, app. <laughs> and Winamp is in here. Yeah, dude, there's also one person who listens on uh, Amazon Echo. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that's like, all you can see. Literally, somebody said, Alexa, play Charge Tech Podcast. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it worked, I guess. Um, I hope I set off somebody's Alexa. <laughs> Set off yours. I think it actually is playing something. Alexa, stop it. <laughs> you can just leave that in there. That's just staying in the podcast. Uh, so my house is bugged. Um, so what actually changed about a year ago is Apple decided for five minutes it had the attention span <laughs> to invest in podcasts. So they announced this thing in Podcast Connect. I'm sorry if this is like a random tangent, but oh, I like it. It's fascinating because you just uh, there was no feedback, and I guess that's my argument for the NPR thing is. It might fix some problems that podcasters have in terms of like, it's just hard to know what the fuck is happening. I I totally agree. But I also think that this is bad because right now, for the most part, I know there's a couple of big companies, but for the most part, podcasts are all independent creators. Now, I know there are like some Goliaths in the room, but it's mostly people like us just sitting in a room and it's giving us a platform, right? This is. This is giving us access to something that we yeah, and there's no algorithm or something. This is just like the iPhone camera got good enough, phone cameras got good enough that now like filmmakers could be anybody, mm-hmm. right? So it's like the same sort of thing. Or YouTube celebrities yeah. are are it's you know we've democratized that side of the entertainment right, industry. That a makes bit. sense. So I like that we've done that with podcasts. Um, it's sort of the equivalent of like having a radio station, yeah, yeah, or whatever. However you want to like yeah, analogy it. it. But um, I'm worried that, you know, let's say a podcast says they have 10,000 weekly downloads and an advertiser gives them $400 for ads right, over right. the course of a quarter. Yeah. I don't really know the, what the budgets look like, but um, I think we, it's a lot we more don't have ads on this a podcast. Lot more than you think. Yeah. Yeah. But so let's say something like that happens. Yep. Like Casper offers us $400 for our 10,000 listeners. Yep. And then it turns out that of the 10,000 downloads, only 2,000 plays happen. Yeah, yeah, true. Like, okay, what does that true. do to independent creators? Like, that's Although, what I worry about. I think the ad model is already shifting to, like, um, they pay you after somebody actually does something on it. It's terrible. Like, I get offered shit all the time for this. And um, So, like, go to casper.com slash like, charged is what you're saying? Yeah, and, like, if for every hit, you'll get paid a lot. So that might be like $300 per hit, 
but like the odds if you have three thousand listeners or something is like maybe like one, 10, yeah, 10 people. 10 people. I don't know, but yeah, like one person actually probably. Um, Just to clarify, we don't we not we we don't have a page on Casper. No, we don't. Please so, don't go there. Don't buy it. Yeah. Um, so Apple changed the way that they do things um, a little while ago, and they announced like this thing. I don't know if you've seen this. It's like their <laughs> podcast data. I'll put a screenshot. Oh, I, I have no shame. So I have uh, I have this page, but. We, we don't have enough data. Okay, so yeah, so the podcast, it just says not enough data. To Apple gives you more data than anybody else right now. It actually tells really? you the hours listened. Oh, that's cool. Um, but it's devices all through there are, their platform. But it's only through the podcasts app, and um, it doesn't report reliably. Like sometimes it just doesn't work. Sometimes oh, it's just blank. Um, but you can actually see how many hours people listen to. And I think the whole idea that NPR is going after is like leveling the playing field for every other app like apple's whole game is like if you use the podcast app it's good if not fuck you okay so let's say npr makes this thing Mm -hmm. does every podcast playing platform have to adopt it no it's open source and i have one thing that might happen that actually might make it good okay and uh i think it was because i saw marco arment the guy who made overcast a very popular podcast app for ios i saw him talking about this it actually opens the door to ad blocking. <laughs> oh, interesting. Because there's beacons in it. So now the podcast app can also know exactly where the podcast ad is and just skip it. Oh, that's interesting. So he was saying, like, if he, he, he does not plan to implement the beacons, and he was like, I don't care, I don't want to do this, it doesn't make any sense to spy on my users, but if I did, I would also implement ad blocking. That's amazing. And um, he thinks that the next race to the bottom will be that. Um, wow. I hadn't thought about it. And then I realized like, yeah, if the app knows with it, because right now some apps try to guess and actually what's happening in Europe right now, because people are using programmatic um, ad networks now for their podcasts. I don't hear any ads on most shows anymore. So like Darknet Diaries is a great example. I listen to that. It's great. I love it. It's a great um, show. He'll be like, after the break, we come back. And then it's like, okay, now. And I'm like, what? And it's Uh-oh. because they're dynamically injecting it based on where you subscribed. Oh, interesting. So just if you're an American subscribe to every feed on a vpn <laughs> and then yeah anyway but it's wow. fascinating because it's all just so jank like that like mm. everything is a hack and i love that one thing uh you brought up was the like companies have the ability to implement this yeah. pocket cast which is owned by npr tweeted yeah. that they have no intention of supporting this <laughs> beautiful that's like the biggest <laughs> own not no intention but uh something about like it's not going to be prioritized for us mm. So uh, we'll put that tweet. Yeah. In <laughs> yeah. Friggin' boned, man. What the fuck? Okay. Um, so that was just a whole rabbit hole. But I think, like, that's interesting. I just, like, honestly, at this point, I just wish somebody would. I like that NPR is playing here because it's kind of sad that Apple owns this so ambivalently. I hate that, like, the only way to succeed in podcasting is listing in iTunes. Like, yeah. I just. I, it's just, like, I, so shit. I just wish they would, like, I know they're a walled garden, but, like, put. put Make it so I can, like, go to the Apple Podcasts website and stream. Well, this is, again, why I like Google Google Podcasts is great for that reason, because you show and search. And, like, it's just there. It's just MP3s. It's all open. It's Ah, indexed on my website. I want to agree with you, but I can't listen to Apple Podcasts on my iPad. No, no, that's fine. Well, Google Podcasts work on iPad. No, I'm sorry. That's what I meant. Google Podcasts. Yeah, it works. You just have to download the Google app. 
Oh, it wor- that's, that's a the weird crazy hack. thing is it works through. Anything. I have the Google Podcast app on yeah. my phone and on my Chromebook. Yeah, I know. It's and fun. I was like, oh, I can't listen to it everywhere. Anywhere so. the Google app is, it works. Interesting. Yeah, and I like that approach because they're like, okay, well, if you have an RSS feed and MP3 sitting somewhere, we'll index it. We don't care if you list it or not. Just mark it as a podcast. And I'm like, that's actually kind of cool. What, one more thing while we're still talking about podcasts. Okay, so Spotify is like making bets on podcasts, right? <sighs> And um, we get a lot of people listening on that these days. So it's interesting because I set up this new podcast and they were the first one to approve us. We were like, Spotify? yeah, we were wow. like listed by Simplecast because that's where we're hosting it also. Yeah. So like the Simplecast player works. The Simplecast has like a URL where yeah, you can yeah. go listen to it. That was the first one. Spotify, once we applied, approved us way before Apple Which did. Which is weird because we struggled to get this on there I know. They, uh, well, Simplecast is really cool because they have a... Um, they have like an FAQ about like how to get on all the different platforms. Neat. Okay. And uh and they were like, Well, Spotify right now doesn't have like a portal yet for you to like apply. Oh. So we'll do it for you. You like write us, they have like a form. Wow. And they bulk submit them to Spotify. And then Spotify has someone on their team like that talks to Simplecast that like approves them. So we just got like added really fast. But what's really interesting is I've started to hear um ads in podcasts. Subscribe oh, to us Spotify on Spotify must be doing... and Audible. The two oh. of them, are, I both recently in the past week heard podcasts asking you to subscribe weird. on Spotify and Audible. It's weird because like I haven't even tried to listen to a podcast on Spotify. Like I never even thought of it. So I have because I wanted to see what it was like to listen to the sure. show. Yeah. Is, and, it, is it in there? Yeah. Oh. Check podcasts on Spotify. Um, but it's it's kind of weird because you can't you can't create a playlist with just like the feeds oh shit. you can't have it's not like my podcasts and then yeah. it's all of the ones you subscribe uh, to with all the new releases yeah. it's like charge just, tech podcast and then you click on it and it's just lists all the episodes oh god so it doesn't it's not quite like a podcast player yet it makes sense though that it would be in there if i think about it like i'm already using this app all day like it makes sense it'd be cool if you could make playlists that also had music in them uh like just this is my shit for today like oh i like that oh interesting so pedro our friend pedro uh what's up up? he (laughs) tweeted his like um spotify wrapped like oh yeah and charge tech was uh, his most listened to podcast (laughs) so he he must use uh spotify we have one listener yeah there you go that's it he's he's the one no i'm sure people (laughs) are using it um okay well let's move on from podcasting the most meta Sorry, I think it is fascinating. Wait, what was your Um, news that you brought up that made it was Facebook? It was terrible. We moved on immediately. Um, I think we're just so burnt out. Is something big we had to skip over last week? What's that? Okay, so Chromium. Yes, (laughs) this is great. Um, I can't believe that. Like, I actually kind of forgot about it when we were talking last week because like the topic was so interesting and like really difficult to like work through. And I was just like, I don't want to talk about Chromium after dealing with like Tumblr might murder the internet. Yeah. but this also could... could Wait, okay, so let me ask you, like, a real basic okay. question. So Chromium is the underlying open source technology of Chrome? Yeah, it gets way too... Actually, it's actually really rabbit holy. That's um, why I wanted to ask, because my understanding is, like, WebKit... Yes. ...was the yeah. basis of Safari. Yes, which forked into a thing called Blink. Okay, okay actually, so uh, let me rewind it's a rabbit hole a little let's bit. Let's talk about what... <laughs> let's, talk, uh, let's rewind to the beginning. There's, okay. there's these things called rendering engines. 
Are right. we going back to Netscape? Yeah. So, well, we can talk about that. In the nineties, actually, <laughs> the war the war was over Mosaic browsers. That's the rendering engine they used to use uh, in different browsers. There was Gecko, which was like Netscape, and then became Firefox. Anyway, so today there are a bunch of rendering engines, uh, or were <laughs> a bunch of rendering engines. So you have um, you had WebKit in the mid two thousands, and then you had um, until a year ago trident which was internet explorer the worst name for the shittiest engine <laughs> trident it sounds like atlantis like yeah that um, sounds good so so uh there was that and there's gecko which is the mozilla one and then um so i think what originally happened was when chrome came out the first i remember that like version 1.0 everyone's like holy shit it doesn't take 20 minutes to open like it's so fast and now everyone's like oh god the chrome the memory <laughs> um but uh, they actually launched it. It was WebKit. It was a fork of WebKit. It was called mm. Chromium. That's okay. Or like it was a Chromium WebKit browser. I, I vaguely, I remember Camino. Yes. Also, which yes. was the Firefox version yes. on WebKit. Oh, yes. Correct? There's so many of these. Okay. And so, but look, this, and like the, the TLDR of that whole thing is at some point, Google was moving too fast for WebKit. Like WebKit is Apple and Apple was A, not open about how they work on their browser and B, on a yearly release cycle. Yeah, they're really slow. <laughs> like, they tie their browser to fucking I, like Mac OS updates. Yeah. It's wild. Um, and so Google decided to fork WebKit, and they called it Blink. Now, Blink is a Chromium-based rendering engine. You could technically call WebKit a Chromium, but it's just like it's just like a catch-all for the project, I think. And like, I'm sorry if I'm t- completely slaughtering this, but Chromium is the open-source browser project. Okay. Uh, that Chrome is built from. So Chrome is technically the entire browser. You can go and download the non-Google version of Chrome. Like Chromium is a thing. It's just missing all the Google bits. Chrome itself is just Chromium with Google shit. But Google made Chromium? Google runs Chromium, but it's open source. Okay. So, right. and this is this is actually like a really key point before we move forward. Is it's a genius way to make it look like you are, and maybe actually you are, but it makes you the optics of this are really smart. An open source project which anybody can contribute to for the browser. You're definitely the ones that you're going to benefit from. Right. And it's all just like mostly Google engineers working on it. But it's this is the key point. Is it is open source you can go and make a Chromium-based browser for yourself tomorrow if you want. And those exist. So there's a browser called Oprah. 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 Yeah, Oprah. Oprah, <laughs> Oprah. that's the TV show. Oprah Winfrey. Yeah, Oprah Winfrey uh, browser. That would. Uh, I'm surprised this hasn't happened. You know what? If Oprah made a, uh, an operating system, I, that's what I Oprah, would use. Oprah OS? I, OOS? Okay, I would anyway. Use, I would use it. <laughs> Rabbit hole. <laughs> OS Winfrey. Oh, my, oh my God. <laughs> Steadman OS. Yeah. <laughs> all that? right. All right. You've got these like loaded up already. <laughs> um, okay. So uh, there's there's a number of those. Uh, there's another one called uh, Brave. We'll come back to that in a minute. There's a bunch of others. Um, so now the actual news. All after all of this, and now like I think you have to understand all of that to even get there. Um, Microsoft has announced that they're going to use Chromium for their browser, and that news is confusing for two reasons first of all what the hell i think i i think i know the answer here but you go first yeah okay so it's confusing because a um they spent the last 25 years building their own browser like this is like if apple was like chrome comes on your mac now yeah it's like it's just like if apple was like 
suddenly like, no, iMessage works everywhere, <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> which will never happen, to be clear. But um, it's just a big move. It's a big move. And so Microsoft isn't killing their browser. I keep seeing headli- headlines about this. Microsoft is not killing their browser. Edge, the new version, like Edge is the reboot of Microsoft Explorer, uh, Internet yeah. Explorer. Okay. And um, they actually built a new browser engine for that that I didn't want to get into called MS Edge. It's two years old, and they gave up, and that matters. Did they get sued by the guitarist from YouTube? Oh, my God. The Edge. <laughs> no, I don't know, but we can find out. Oh, my God. Um, so anyway, so they're doing that. And then um, B, they're actually going to like open, uh, contribute to the project, and they're actually going to sp- expend a serious amount of resources making Chromium work great everywhere, bringing it to the Mac. So Edge browser will work on Mac. And cool. C, three. Uh, they, like, as part of this, this actually means that the only browser that is not cross-platform is now Safari. The only browser in the market that's not cross-platform is Safari. Wow. Okay. Now, didn't Safari come for, wasn't there a Windows version of Safari at one yes. point? Okay. Safari 5 was the last one. Oh, my God. That yeah. seems like it was old. It's 56 now. <laughs> but um, it's crazy because that was only like three or four years ago. It was Windows 7, I think, when they stopped it. But um, So I, I think this makes sense, though, right? Microsoft just bought GitHub, and GitHub maintains the open source project Electron. Hey. And Electron is, I think, you know, there's lots of haters out there, but it's the future platform, right? Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's... Look, a, a, everything's electron on my i mean i i work on a chromebook because all of those things were built for electron apps to work on okay so Mac that's and windows <laughs> electron um now electron I, lo- I love electron dog whistle for mac people uh <laughs> if you like if you want to say if you just whisper the word electron on twitter like 12 mac developers will come out and say oh my ram um <laughs> It's but, true. It's like screenshots of the system. Uh, it's fucking monitor. D- it's so dumb. <laughs> I, I just drives me crazy. But just for like, I think it's important to explain what it is. Um, Electron is a project. If you essentially, if you're a developer and you want to build an app today, you have two choices. Well, you have a thousand choices, unfortunately, <laughs> but you have two choices. You build a native app using like Apple's tooling, Microsoft's tooling, blah, blah, blah. You have to learn all of these different things. They all use different languages. Or you can just use Electron and write web code. And Electron lets you access system APIs. So, like, Electron lets you send native push notifications. It lets you run in the background. It lets you sync. Like, you can do shit that makes it seem like a desktop app while writing one code base and then working everywhere. You do still have to do hacks for each platform, but they're just web. It's just web shit. This is how Slack works. This is how Figma works. This is how Discord... I mean, there's, there's hundreds... Every app I can think of that's been released in the last year is Electron Notion... You know, I haven't looked at it since uh, before the GitHub uh, GitHub took over the project. Mm-hmm. But uh, I used to go to the Electron website, and they listed like here's yeah, a couple hundred apps that are Spotify built on Electron. Spotify actually is really interesting because it's not an Electron app. They wrote their own version of Electron, uh, and it's but it's still web code. And I think this matters. Uh, and so the reason that we're talking about Electron is actually um, it does have a flaw. It does have one big problem, and I think everyone will agree uh, is it does have like resource management issues but not as bad as they're construed to be first of all like slack had them for a long time but that's because slack is like a pretty hard application to run i would argue yeah and also like 
you're signed into 11 teams. Shut the fuck up. Like, <laughs> these people are like, it's using a gig of RAM. Uh, but, and then they post a screenshot and they've got like 10 teams on there. I'm like, no shit, dumbass. Um, and you've got gifts in all of them. <laughs> yeah, I know. Like, it's, and like, yes, I agree. It's com- actually the but most popular electronic app I just realized is also owned by Microsoft now. Is this Adam? Visual Studio oh. Code. Visual- oh, interesting. And they own Adam. Um, but Visual Studio Code is the best electronic app. I know of. It I've heard barely, a lot of good things it about it. Barely this. feels like an electron app. It works on everything. It blends. It, it's just like the only reason that people have a bad taste for these apps is like they were kind of coded badly at first. Slack has largely fixed the issues with theirs. I I posted a screenshot the other day. It's like two hundred megs of RAM with fifteen teams. Like it's fine. Discord, like it's fine. And like all of this rewinds into. Uh, I wrote about this last week, but you can read it. I'll put it in the show notes. But uh, if you if you are a business and you're building any app right now, fuck building a native app. You you almost certainly started with a website, right? Uh, and now you want a desktop app. Why would you go and maintain another code base? Like, why would like, you're gonna have to go hire a, like a Mac engineer, a Windows engineer, system, like yeah. real releases will be slow. Slack was a native app. They would spend like they're not that fast. They would be so slow at shipping things because they'd have to release. This is actually what killed HipChat, I would argue. Their original oh, app used to be native, and then they pivoted to WebViews, which was like before Electron, and then they just got owned by it. Um, and like, there's a reason that nobody releases these things. Anyway, so all of this is very ranty and whatever. Like, fuck, I just get really okay, like. So Chromium up. is being adopted by Microsoft. So that's the that's the big that's the big news. I think that's the big. Thing because um, the browser it matters because a, a, I like I would consider using Edge if like it was based on something good like Edge is a really nice browser except like eh, like it's using this thing yeah I I don't know I I got stuck in like the Chromebook world a little yeah, bit yeah. and like it the browser with extensions and yeah. websites being full apps yeah. sort of became its own operating system but platform. That's, that's and that's essentially like, what Microsoft is going for. Okay, that's interesting. I think. So, and this is this is like so much context, but Windows 10, for years, Microsoft has been trying to make apps a thing. Like, they're like, oh, make an app for the Windows platform. Like, please, God, we have a store. Like, please, somebody, <laughs> <laughs> one app. Um, so they've been doing that for years, and they had this custom shit. Uh, but like a year and a half ago, they were like, okay, if you have a progressive web app, Submit it to the store. It's a native app. Amazing. And everyone was like, what? And progressive web apps are basically like what you would wrap your electron, like you would wrap electron around it. It's like it works in the background. It's all that shit. It works on mobile. It really oh, is. You can send notifications with it. It's really good. Now, with that in mind, if you think about Microsoft allowing web apps in the store, them using Chromium on the thing, they're contributing back to Chromium. They're basically saying like everything is going to be Chromium based. Like, the whole Windows platform, I think, there's this project internally called Core OS where they're rebuilding the whole operating system oh, cool. around the browser, uh, and it's like super like weird and whatever. It makes sense. It all makes sense now. It's like, oh well, we'll have you can get Windows and you can just use the tiny like web based version, or you can flip on the full like the full thing if you wanted uh, to get like the old school apps, whatever. Genius. Like this is this is a strategy against like the Apple. We're gonna put iOS apps on a Mac just seems like so much better because you're already using these things like interesting okay it's, it but we didn't even say me. why it's good oh, okay, sorry go sorry one last uh, we didn't even say why it's good okay the, the reason it's good is chrome has historically not been focused on performance like 
in terms of resource management. It's fast, but it doesn't give a shit how much resources it get, uses. Um, so the reason that it's important is Microsoft has basically said that they will expand their resources making Chromium Engine, the underlying thing, not their one, like the open source project, better at resource management, better at being used on touch screens, better at this, better at that. Oh. And they're going to work with PC vendors to make it extremely fast on every machine you can buy. So, like, so hypothetically, even if you bought, let's say you bought like an HP computer, this three hundred dollar Surface Go. Okay, so I was I was thinking like uh, some other OEM like HP. So you buy an HP computer. HP exists. <laughs> they do. They do. <laughs> so you buy an HP Windows computer specifically, not Linux. Windows computer. Microsoft has now optimized everything. They've worked with HP. Is, are you still going to get those benefits if you use Chrome instead of Edge? Yeah, that's the, so I, well, that's, that's the idea. That's cool. That's what I like. I saw a lot of like complaints about this. I think the net positive is like it benefits everybody. <laughs> like, well, I mean, Mozilla came out and said this is bad. Well, and I think that's the counterpoint <laughs> to this is like it's less competition in the space. Yeah, and I actually really struggle with this part of it. Because I also think that maybe less competition is better. Like, like why is this this like this is browser war? And like the only reason it's good is because we have choice. And like it means that like one that we've been here before. Like Internet Explorer had like dude, I didn't even know this. It was like ninety five percent of web traffic in two thousand and six. Like that's like ten <laughs> wow. years ago. Like what the hell? Because the like, Chrome came out in two thousand nine, like oh really? Oh, two thousand eight, I, I think. I didn't realize it was so recent. It's so, like ten years ago, we had like oh, no I guess tabs. That isn't recent. <laughs> no, I know, but so like all of this is to say that like we've been through all of this shit before. But I also don't think this is a bad thing because this time is a little bit different. Internet Explorer wasn't open source, right? Uh, it wasn't like there wasn't that much choice back. Like there was nothing, nothing good, and also like. The web has kind of settled down. Everybody is adopting all the standards except Apple. <laughs> and then, like, that's pretty much it. And so, like, I think if the project is open and, like, Mozilla exists, I just don't get the argument. So this was the argument I didn't understand from them is, like, how do you get, like, you can't argue Microsoft should keep maintaining Edge when nobody's using it. Yeah. Like, oh, it's yeah, you should, you should keep building a browser engine because uh, you should. Like, nobody's... I don't want to use it, <laughs> but please do. Right, and, and like, I think it, it it's more acceptable because Chromium's an open-source project. Yes, and I just think that, like, I'm as a web developer, I'm tired of this shit. Like, I'm tired yeah. of, like, having to build hacks for, like, fucking Edge and, like, Safari is my goddamn nightmare right now because, like, half of the shit that I code for doesn't work in it and I can't test it because I don't have a Mac except this Mac Mini, so I have to be here to use it. Like, it's... Yeah. I, I, I think that the net positive out of this is like Chrome is going to get real good, like any Chrome based browser. And this competition on top of that, like I think all of this actually needs what Google needs to do is give the Chromium project to a foundation. They will never do that because I don't think I think that they know it's not in their interests, but they should do it. If, if yeah. Microsoft would pressure them to do it, I think they would do it. It's interesting um, because they've. Yeah, they, was... they've done that before, right? They've spun off yeah, the, so... um, the the glucose sensing. Yeah, and they've done contacts. other stuff like this um, where they've given it away. There's a few. I think Go is an open source project. Like that's their language. 
that they gave oh. away to the community. Now I get it. I think I think the big thing that we should just briefly talk about is like native apps. <laughs> There's a lot of like angry people out there about it. It's like Microsoft going in on like web apps, they'll never be good enough. And I think a lot of people who might be listening to this will be like, oh, web apps are never good enough. Like this seems to be like the uh, default response. And I think it's because of HTML5. Do you remember like years ago, Facebook and everybody was like, HTML5, it fucking rules. We're going to make all our yeah, mobile apps that. out of it. And they were all shit. The Facebook app would just like, be a blank, half-broken page for, like... Yeah, I do remember that. And I think, again, it's different this time for a few reasons. It's, like, HTML5 was what we have now, but way too early. Like, the promise of it was, yes, it'll be as good as native apps, blah, blah, blah. And then, like, it was just shit because it was early. Um, Interesting. And there's a lot of other innovations, like, coming up. Like, um, there's a new... uh, there's this big project that I don't really understand, but it's huge. It's called WebAssembly. I'm familiar. Yeah. And uh, I've heard it a lot at work. Yeah. It's, Figma like, did some WebAssembly something yeah. that they contributed. Yeah. I, I don't really know the details. But... The TLDR that I understand is it's native application performance. You can write C++ code and it will run on the web. So like... I think that's how some of Figma is written. Yeah, and it, it, like essentially, that. like, it's come to a point where you can get bare metal performance. And so, like, this has been the most in-the-weeds shit ever, but it, all of this is to say, I think, like, Microsoft getting out of the, like, being a douche game, like, they're, they're currently playing, like, we are the nice giant company now, like, they're doing all the good shit. The pivot of Microsoft is... Uh, it's, it's unreal. It's, it's stunning. Unreal. I, it's a different company than I've ever remembered Microsoft to be. It's, I've never seen any company go from being like a total douche to like <laughs> being really nice overnight. Like Satya Nadella is really good. And all of the people who work there as well, like the attitude you see from them on Twitter, if somebody spots something shit, like they actually engage publicly about it. Like this it's, is awesome. it's wild. Like the new GitHub CEO, somebody tweeted something to him like oh you're gonna do this like shit with the subscriptions he was like nope never gonna happen you can screenshot this you have my word oh so cool. i was like what so it's just i think there's a lot of cool shit happening i think look web development technology has its own fresh hell but i'd rather write like web code once and just let it work and let people have apps than like have i'm just so tired of like native mac app mail apps just like i yeah i mean just like having your app on a platform is yeah. so exclusionary to all the people that don't have your platform especially right. if <laughs> i didn't say it, you said yeah. it <laughs> especially if your platform mac is the most expensive computer to and buy. you can't use it anywhere else you can run windows on a mac obviously i'm biased but uh, I think I think this is a net positive. We should watch. Yeah, we should watch. This is this is so far away from actually seeing any um, result that like Microsoft. Like, let's be clear. Microsoft at this point published an open letter saying it plans to do this. <laughs> it's um, happening. And that's that's the other notable thing is a side benefit of this is actually uh, Chromium will work on ARM devices, which are like lightweight tablets and shit like anything like the ipad will work on it apple would never allow that but like uh snapdragon so it will work on your phone and like um they're working on other stuff like that and that's a huge side benefit is now microsoft is like yeah it works everywhere so it's really good i i think we talked about this before but i i'm imagining that apple's gonna go to mobile chips on desktop at some point yeah 
in theory. In theory. So I, I wouldn't count them out of this. They're just going to be three years behind. Well, they have to write their own browser because it's not Chromium-based. Yeah, well, but yeah, absolutely. Um, it's but funny they, that they you say this. that, actually, because Intel also had a big week. Uh, oh, yeah, tell me I about what I can breeze over it, but um, oh, Intel was a weird company. First of all, because there was that like dude who was CEO for like 20 years and turned out he was like a sexual harasser or something. Like, oh, I think he had a relationship with a subordinate. Um, anyway, he got fired, and there's a woman running the company now. And Intel has suddenly opened up, and, like, now they're talking about their roadmap and, like, what we're working on, and, like, oh, we kind of messed up. And we're, they just basically came out this week, and they were like, here's the next five years of, like, our shit that we're doing. Oh, cool. Um, here's what you'll get out of it. Like, it's not... it's Obviously, it's not every information, but it's, like, a vague thing. Um, and they admitted that they kind of messed up how they think about building processes. Okay. Um, because... I think we've talked maybe briefly about this on, in the past, but we did. Yeah, like and, uh, processes are like we have to make the chips smaller to get more on them to get faster. That's like the TLDR. Um, Intel has struggled. It's hard. It's a hard thing to do. Um, but what, yeah, they're getting rocks to think. Like, yeah, I, it's yeah, not yeah, easy. Like, to, I love this. Um, <laughs> put electricity in a rock and make it think. It's um, fucking ridiculous. But they a big problem was their organization was structured in a way that any improvements so if they wouldn't shrink them they would usually release like iterations of those chips any process improvements like any software firmware whatever was tied to the shrinking so what you actually saw was like they can fix they can make better performance on the same chip or better heat gain or what like whatever with software and firmware and whatever but they would hold it back for the next process thing so you would actually see like less benefits whereas they could enable like I don't know, a good example of one thing that you can do in this is like if they would release one on the same architecture but with cryptography optimized processes, it would mean that like they said next year the next chipset is on the same process but it will be 80% faster for cryptography. So like both coins and like cryptocurrency, uh, uh, like any sort of SSL or whatever. So they basically said that they um, won't do that anymore they're going to ship shit out out of band and they made a big change to how they think about processes so they're going to start like uh apple and arm and all of these other processes often have like six cores it's like four slow ones and one big core and then like two sorry two big cores you turn on the big core if you open like photoshop because then it's fast and then you just turn it off and use the low power ones to get better battery you don't need high performance 90 percent of the time and now intel is also doing it and that's a huge difference like there's so many things that came out of this, but uh, I think I mentioned on the last podcast or a while ago, it was like, I find the meme that Intel is dead is kind of funny. Like, they have 80,000 people in the world. Like, Whoa. Yeah, you know, like, they have so many engineers working in these places. Like, oh, they have these insane chip fabs. Like, you can't tell me this company is watching what Apple is doing and what everyone else is doing and being, like, cool. Like, <laughs> yeah, I, I think they probably have the same classic corporation problem that every company faces yeah. is as you become that large yeah. it takes longer to turn the ship right yeah that's and the like perfect analogy the bigger the ship the longer it's going to take to turn it yes and so like yeah they've had to adapt to the industry and they had to changing see, yeah they had to see it and it had to hurt and now they're like i think yeah. that's the the thing i don't like about this is like everyone's like apple will definitely go to the their own processes and i don't know if it's for sure because if intel can pull finger and like if they would start shipping insane shit, there's no reason that they would Apple would want to go through its own pain. I also want to say, like, um, just while we're talking about, like, what this looks like from the outside, a lot of people are like, Intel's can't keep up. They're dying. Oh, yeah. Versus when Steve Jobs' Apple w- goes through the, like, 
we're going to wait two years to see if a technology works before we adopt it. Mm-hmm. Everyone like lauded that as like, oh, they're so smart. Yeah, I know. But like it's, when any other company does it, it's oh they're dying. So yeah, I know. I, you know it's, it's just like the cult of this thing. But I think this is very in the weeds and it's fine. But it is interesting just to note this week. I want to talk about Disney. Well, I just want to like, the say, quickest I'm, I'm, like I'm done talking about like the nerdy chip shit just because I don't want to make people fall asleep. Yeah. Okay. So um, um, the oh, and did you know that the new Star Wars movie? It's one of the I don't know. They're making one of like it's the which spin-offs. one? I mean, another like, another another one. It's not like it's an like, episode one, but like one of the other ones. It's like five years more of this, right? Like it's like a Star Wars movie every year until like 2025 or something. I mean, they, they bought the best IP the, for so cheap, so cheap. I mean, yeah, it was like one billion dollars. That's the price of an Instagram. They make like a couple billion dollars on Star Wars shit. I'm sure <sighs> it's just so like gross. okay. Anyway, so the next one, the non-episodic Star Wars movie, mm. I can't even remember which one. There's so many to keep track of. Well, it's it's like a spinoff of one of the other stories. Mm. Um, uh, the only way you'll be able to watch it when it comes out, I believe, next year after the movies. After the movie theater. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The only place you'll be able to get it oh, no. is Disney Plus. Oh, is that like Disney's Google Plus? Other- <laughs> Connect with us on Does Google Plus. Steal your data? Um, um, probably. Oh, God. Yeah. So I remember I remember them, they pulled all their shit from everywhere else a while ago. Like, yeah, they, they've no, been removing doing it, their they're stuff. They're starting to remove yeah, it. Yeah, they've been removing their stuff from Netflix. Well, do you remember the Disney Vault? Do you know the yeah, concept? Yeah, the Disney Vault is still around. Okay. So it's like they take a, a DVD that they sell. And then they're like, it's in the Disney vault. So we don't sell it for so, two yeah, years. So you being, can't buy Lion well, King. Often it's up to 10 years. Like Lion Holy King shit. wasn't available um, on D- Like, yeah, so they sell it and you can't buy it after that. You can't get it on DVD. It, it's something you don't think about. And then they re-release it. Yeah. They're like, do you want to watch Lion King? You but watch they do it, it with on, streaming as well. You watch it on ABC Family yep. the one time a year we play it. Or you go see Lion or, King on Broadway. Or <laughs> you go to the Pirate Bay and you can download it at any time. Because this is such an archaic way of thinking, Disney. Anyway, but look, it's, I actually was thinking about this. I think we're in the golden age of streaming right now. It's about to get real shit. I completely disagree, but let's go ahead. Well, I I agree. I agree with you (laughs) that it's shit. However, I think it's about to get way worse. Okay. So let me just share why I think it's shit. You used to pay a cable provider like yep. Time Warner or Comcast in the United States, which sucks. They used to charge way too much money for it. Still do. but Yeah, they still do. But you pay for it, and then you get like, I don't know, 70 channels, depending on what yep. year and place we're talking about. Mm-hmm. And they're all from different people. Yeah. And then streaming services are now very popular, and it's like you have to pay Netflix per month, you have to pay HBO per month, you have what? to pay Hulu per month, oh, yeah, you're okay. going to have to pay Disney Plus per month. Yeah. It's like... We're regressing to like all of these separate platforms are now yeah. each money. And if you add that all up, it's yeah, probably yeah. more it's, than I was paying for definitely. 70 channels. I will argue, however, that at some point around about like a year ago, it was actually pretty good. Like you could go to Netflix and get most of it, except if you were talking about TV shows. Yeah, like you'd have to like point, do some Amazon But then it, frag- it started shit. fragmenting out real bad. Like there yeah. was iTunes, Google Play, like fucking Netflix, like everything. And now it's going to get into sub brands like... We're talking about, like, it'll be Netflix, Amazon, blah, 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 and then Disney and fucking Marvel and, like... like Mar- isn't Marvel Disney? Well, yeah, it'll be on Disney+. Plus. And this is why Disney+, Plus is so nefarious, though, is, like, it basically locks all the good shit that they There's acquired a lot over of the years shit, yeah. Yeah, to a service that you have to pay to get access to on an ongoing basis just for the Disney shit. That's what I'm saying. Like, this does... Like, super... And there's an Apple thing that's happening, like... 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, they locked in. So Oprah signed a deal with Apple. They have the David Edinburgh thing. J.J. Uh, Abrams just signed uh, a deal. So, it's or like Bad the, Robot. Oh, my God. His company is like, signed a deal with. Have you looked at the list of things, though? It's, like, the most dad list ever. It's, like, Eddie Q went and bought all the things that he likes. I mean, <laughs> I have to bring it up again. The, like, um, the Ch- Shark Tank knockoff they made oh, with Will yeah. I Am. Oh, and Ryan and, like, all uh, of Paltrow. Oh, and that horrible Gary... Gary V. Gary yeah. <laughs> Vaynerchuk. You just have to hustle. It doesn't matter if you can't go home to your family. Like, oh, oh God. Anyway, I, I, Planet I do, of the Apps. Plant, that's it. That's it. Oh, man. It's so it's good. It's so gross. Oh, I had such a hate watch. I loved it. Yeah. Um, I will say, I don't want to go back to where Time Warner and and Comcast are the arbiters of this. Sure. Um, because that sucks. Yeah, that's true. I don't want that. Yeah, I just um, don't. But I also hate this, like, everybody's charging me. F- f- it's going to be $15 so, a month soon, you know? One thing I like that started happening recently-ish is you can... I'm not saying this solves the problem, but because it's so unbundled, you can, like, subscribe to shit through other shit. So, like, Netflix doesn't do this. But on Amazon Prime and on the iTunes Store, you can subscribe to the things you like and get them through the same app. And I kind of like that. Like, I paid for Hulu through Google Play which oh, put I it against the movies uh, that like it's all in the same app. And then um, on Amazon prime, you can do that on Hulu. Hulu actually has the best arrangement of this. You can subscribe to HBO and Showtime and all of that shit through the Hulu app alongside the Hulu content. And I like, that's kind of cool because it, it actually gets cheaper the more you buy with them. Oh, interesting. Um, it's basically like a cable company, <laughs> but it's cool that it's through the same service. And I kind of have like, I've loved that change because I hate like, if we sit down to watch a movie or a TV show right now, we're like, oh, what app is it in? Yeah, or what set-top box do I use? Yeah. so Is it the Chromecast or the Apple TV or the I Roku? I bought Roku because yeah. of that, and I actually really like it, except it's like a spy computer. Uh, like, it has a lot of monitoring. Oh, no. Uh, which I block. <laughs> but uh, it it's really good because it has each app, but you still have to think about it. Like, you're like, oh, I will go inside this app. I will say that the, like, asterisks here is, like, um, how U.S. centric the media industry oh, still no. is. Like living outside the U.S., it's like Netflix is still pretty good. It's not the same selection, but it's yeah. like equally it's decent good. selection. Yeah, yeah. There's some shit I can watch that you couldn't watch in the U.S. Yeah. Um, but like trying to watch HBO anything. Yeah. It's like oh, you got to spoof your DNS yeah, and then like they, they have, figure that out and then it doesn't work for a month. They have and, local HBO here. Like you have to subscribe through some local provider yeah, it's and like, it's shit. Yeah, it's not the same. It's like thing. HBO Nordic app and it's oh. bad. Like it's oh. so backward, but it's because it's such an old school company. Yeah, and so it's I, I just you know. Look, anyway, it's that's, that's a weird. It's just I whole, wanted to bring it up. The whole industry, I would say, looks different depending on where you are. It's amazing, really. Uh, yes, I agree. I, so what's amazing to me is that Spotify happens so rampantly in the music industry, and it's just, like, not as effective in this industry still. Like, Spotify stamped out piracy, basically. Like, it's still there. But as a as a thing, it, like, went away because it was so easy to get shit. It piracy also- has not gone down on uh content like tv shows and movies yeah i still have to like buy stuff on itunes to yeah, watch rubbish there's because... some stuff you literally cannot buy yeah like i just have to get it otherwise yeah you know well we wanted to do like a oscar recap like watch Sick. a bunch of the oscar movies yeah and we like can't find any of them yeah they're like uh, where's the closest movie theater playing this movie uh, and it's like new york city yeah because it also time delayed <laughs> here sometimes it's so rubbish 
Okay, um, Google. One last thing about Google, and then we should Wait, shush. one more, one more uh, thing please. about streaming. Continue. It's like a lot of uh, artists say they don't make as much money because yeah. of streaming services like Spotify and Pandora. I'm curious how, I mean, like, the industry does not like Netflix. Is Disney, like, doing this to get its money, you know? I think Disney is really scared of what's happening with Netflix and with Apple which are paying to make their own movies and running their own studios out of them because it threatens their fundamental business model. So right, the, which, I think they're just trying to fucking cut it. Stay relevant. Yeah, I think they're trying to hurt Netflix where it really will hurt to the point that they can't become a movie studio. Like, or it just like, start, like, I think all of this is just shit tactics for eventually happens, which is Disney matters less, <laughs> you know, like... Um, or, or Disney buys Netflix. <laughs> yeah, but Disney is just a nostalgia machine. Like, it used to be very... Like, they have some good originals... But they have, you, you can see it in Pixar. Pixar didn't really used to do this, but they are a sequel machine now. Like, original IP out of Pixar is not that common anymore. Most shit that they ship is like Cars 5. Have like, you read uh, Creativity Toy Story Inc. 6. Oh, yeah, yeah. Creativity Inc. by uh, Ed Catmull is like a really good book. It's a good book. Yeah. But it also points out a lot of their problems as well and uh, having come into disney it's made it even harder i think for them to disney likes money (laughs) like i get it what giant corporation does yeah so it's uh, i just like the marvel movies like it's just the same movie i'm so tired of it okay let's let's move on Um, that's probably going to be the comment that i get the most hate about (laughs) me Um, too okay that's why it's like let's keep it going (laughs) i think that we could talk about google for five seconds or five minutes max because it was so uneventful it's fantastic the only thing that's worth bringing up is yeah sundar pachai he had to face uh a congressional a senate a senate hearing yeah Yeah. i always forget which one it is it doesn't um this week it was very similar in format to the facebook one basically it's just like been a year of these ceos being dragged in front of old dudes uh, to be asked random questions and man it just went exactly how i expected i was kind of hoping that they would be harder on him like i feel like they had a, a few like trial runs at this this year like they had sweaty zuck there you know like come on <laughs> but damn suck. damn man it was it was really embarrassing uh, so i watched i watched it all it was three it was and a half hours long oh god and a lot of it was uh there were two things that they wanted to raise it was like kind of one was uh there was that google plus league like they asked you about google plus and i was like okay like <laughs> fine and like it's important that they do but um the other one was just like they're a big company and it's kind of monopolistic and like it's maybe we should do something about this but the questions were just terrible there was one dude who like spent 10 minutes trying to get sundar pachai to admit to um rigging the search results in favor of like the left and he was like, well, I, all I could find was bad news about the health bill. Why is that? The Republican health care bill. Yeah, they oh were like, God. why is all of the search results negative? And it's and like, because like, the bill kills could, people. Dude, you could I see it on his face. All he wanted to say was like, maybe the bill was bad. <laughs> like, <laughs> but he couldn't, obviously. But um, it was a really interesting just like failing to, like, it felt like, it, I mean, this is very common right now in politics and stuff, but um, it was a failing for like, the senators to read the room like there's all this china shit happening there's all these things and they're just asking this they drag this guy who's earning a hundred million dollars a year exploiting the economy like all this shit getting away with it they drag him all the way there finally he's in the room to ask them questions and they ask like one guy was like oh you know why does my tweets get uh, why do my search results get ha- flagged as hate speech all and the it's time like, and I'm like they're hate speech. yeah it's because it's, it's racist <laughs> and uh, 
it's just it was it was three hours of just like insane questions my favorite one was stephen king who asked him all this shit about monitoring on an iphone and then after 10 minutes of talking Sunday was just like, well, it's, it's an iPhone and we don't make that. <laughs> yeah, the, the thing that I would point out, Steve King is like a clan member. Yeah, like, yeah. like this guy is the most vile, it was, awful, xenophobic, yeah. racist, horrible person. So, yeah. like, let's not forget that when we're also dragging him for being yeah. a fucking idiot. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but it's like, oh, surprise, the racist clan yeah. guy is also dumb. Um, it's, <laughs> yeah, it's true. It's, it's a shame, though, because there were some decent lines of questioning that, like, they had obviously prepared for that, you know, like, for example, the one that I would always, I always want to see answered is the location one. Like, yeah. oh, uh, well, we all know that Google uses your location data for all sorts of shit, including ads. And they've kept asking them about this. It's like, uh, what, uh, you know, if I take my phone over there, will Google know about that? Of course the fucking answer is yes. There's no way on any device on the planet, including an iPhone, to not have Google know that you did that. It's just how, like, this service works. Um, we'll put it in the show notes. There's a New York Times article yeah, about really location good. tracking that's really, really good. And, oh, man, it was so annoying because he was able to deflect it every time and, like, if Google had to open up that data, it would be absolutely shocking. There's no way that you can use a phone properly without turning it on. Same on the Apple iPhone. Like, Apple's location services are ridiculous. Like, you can't use your GPS in your phone without reporting it to the maker of your phone. Anyway, it was just, I like, I only even said at the start that I wanted to talk about it briefly because it was so pointless. And <laughs> I, I'm so bummed out that, like, they squandered this, whereas the Facebook one... In contrast to this, in the UK recently, oh, was, was just like, best. it was really good. We didn't get any more information about it, but we did learn that they just like aren't willing to put up with the shit anymore. Like they spent two hours just like berating a guy, which was satisfying because they used the format against him. But yeah. I think the problem is actually the format, right? Because they're bringing these charismatic CEOs to this open thing who were able to prepare for days and do opposition research and shit with a bunch of old dudes who don't even understand this shit. Like, this format is so shit because those old dudes, I'm not saying they're dumb, but maybe they are, but... They're just but, smart at different well, things. Well, they've got, like, they've prepared, they've got the good questions, but they can't, they don't have the knowledge as soon as he has a comeback. We need term limits in Congress, yeah. and we need younger people to run. Well, also, just, like, maybe this format should be changed to have people, like, advisors there as well. Like, maybe the government could bring their smart IT guy who's allowed to be like, no, that's bullshit. Like, it feels like it's not fair because the whoever is defending Zuckerberg, Sundar... They know about the They product. know the... Yeah, yeah. and they do, other people don't. Like, That's frustrating. It bums me out. In New Zealand, we have a lot of interesting stuff happening in politics because we just got young people into government. Like, we have a... There's a 25-year-old that's an MP in New Zealand. Uh, we have a 36-year-old prime minister, a, a woman who actually understands this shit. And I, I love that. Like, it's completely changed how you think about it already. And it's it's kind of interesting. They're debating making um, cannabis legal in New Zealand right now. Oh, interesting. And it's interesting to see how all the old people are grappling with, like, this young person is there trying to explain to them that, like, by making it illegal right now, you're actually making young people abuse other substances. So, like, maybe just, like, loosen it a little bit. And they kind of get it. as a, And that's what I'm, I guess, arguing for is, like, please bring smarter, like, just yeah. bring new voices. It's it's a shame. And Sundar, one last thing on that, was so much better than Zuck at, like, answering this. Oh, my this. God, that guy knows what he's doing. Yeah, he, first of all, I, I kind of, 
he's he was still he's still very nerdy and like whatever. Yeah, of course, he's and, an engineer. That's what was charming about him is he. I'm gonna get hate mail for yeah, that one too. <laughs> what's charming about him was a he was a human, right? He yeah. wasn't like Zuck who was just like slimy about everything, like whatever. Like it felt like Zuck was just like taking pleasure out of like shaming them, uh, or he was freaking out. Those are the two states he was in. Um, Sundar was extremely chill. And yeah. he was so slow and articulate with his responses. It was wild. Okay, so obviously I don't know the details. I wasn't there. Yeah. But Sundar Pichai earned his role. Yeah. He worked his way into he that position. Yeah, he was like, he came in a junior. Yeah, Google. he worked his way into that position. Mark, he'd started a Hot or Not app and just hasn't yeah. left. Yeah, yeah. So, like, he's not prepared for these sort of things. Yeah. But Sundar Pichai is like, literally grew himself to be good at public speaking, yeah. to be good at answering hard questions on the spot yeah that i mean that's how it works yeah you know yeah. like he was also the only not shitty man at that company just to be clear like <laughs> it sounds like it well dude it's crazy like if you think about all the people who could have been promoted to what he was it was andy rubin uh larry Holy page shit. all of them like fucking eric schmidt like all of these people were like fucking womanizers like it, it was and i think he was the only one who wasn't shit in the company i mean that we know of. i, I like yeah, to, i exactly. like to think he's a good person because he seems yeah. like a good person but we he's also know. worked a lot to get here and he understands yeah, what that absolutely. takes and i kind of admire that i will say that he did enable that whole shit to be fair where they paid that yeah guy. i mean he had to he yeah. was an executive yeah uh, yeah but uh, all of this is to say it's a shame because they dragged him there it was a really good idea it felt like we got close to it. And again, I'm, like, I'm not even saying regulate Google. I'm just saying, like, I want to know what they're up to. Yeah. <laughs> like, what the yeah. fuck is happening? I think regulations need to exist so that we can know. Yeah. I just, I, I think, like, that location thing is a great example of, like, cool. Well, speaking of the location thing, did you know that vitamin water will pay you $100,000? <laughs> that's, like, the most late-stage capitalism. Is that blog? Is it, like, late-stage capitalism <laughs> yeah, on Tumblr? Yeah, yeah. I'll put in. I love it. <laughs> It's like all these like posters like uh, house will only cost 100,000 avocados if you buy it now. <laughs> oh. Anyway, uh, I think we should close it up there. I think yeah. that's more than enough. Um, um, if you apply to the vitamin water thing, please tell us on please, your desktop please. computer because yeah. you won't have oh, yeah, that's amazing. You can SMS us. <laughs> please, please, please let us know if amazing. you're interested. Um, yeah, and uh, sorry Frederica wasn't here this week, but she couldn't make it. We miss you. Hi. Just letting her know that she's missed. Other than that, show notes at chargepodcast.com. They are there. I do them every week. So you can click things. Sometimes they're late, but they'll be there. (laughs) They're always there. Um, Hello at chargepodcast.com. We got an email last week, which was really cool. Thank you so much for your email. Uh, We appreciate that. Otherwise, we're on Discord as well. We do talk to everybody um, in there. That's just in the show notes every week. Oh, oh and I have I have a secret. What? I muted a couple of the channels. Hey. <laughs> so do, no, but that's the whole beauty of Discord is you can do that. I love that. I muted a lot of channels too. Oh, okay. So I was like, I'm kind of a moderator, but like, yeah, I really no, don't want to be in this channel. I don't think everybody has to consume every fire hose ever. So I kind of like that. Great. That's the weird thing with Discord, I will say. You can't leave channels. Oh, really? Well, have you tried to leave it? No, I didn't even think about it. You can't do it. So the model on Discord is you just mute it, which is kind of cool, because that means you can look still. Oh, interesting. Anyway, okay. All right. Bye, Viscous. Bye, Viscous.
Hey, you're listening to Charge Tech Podcast, episode 88, the podcast that looks at tech under the hood. I'm your host, Owen Williams, and joining me today, co-hosts. You gotta do that again, you said co-hosts. <sighs> yeah, I know, it was on purpose, it was gonna be a surprise. I'm Zach Grosser. No, it's fine, I'll just start again. <laughs> no, I can just edit it. No, no, it's not worth it. You regret that. You, you no, no, that. That's, that's an easy one. Okay, well, no, I have to say all the other shit, so it's just gonna happen again. Here oh, we go. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. It's amazing. There's like 10 minutes about you can put this at the end. Okay. Hey, you're listening to Charge Tech Podcast, episode 88. You said it so seriously. Oh. Hey, you're listening. <laughs> hey, you're online. Okay, here we go. Sorry. <laughs> I cannot now. So there's, there's serious amounts in the archive of me and John just like pissing ourselves laughing for like an hour trying to get the fucking intro done. Wait, let's just do a new intro. A different what? Let's just do a new one. You were gonna well, do a I new need one. to I need to think about it. Alright, well you have two I've more got, episodes yeah, to 90, think about it. 90. I did prompt well, I was thinking actually at the end of the year, so it's a surprise. Um okay. <laughs>